Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi everyone, this is Steve Smith with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, July 29th. When you think of states working hard to advance autonomous and connected driving, Illinois may not be the first that comes to mind. Michigan? Of course. California, Texas, Ohio? Sure. But Illinois? Maybe not. Take a closer look, however, and you begin to see a rich fabric of private and public organizations throughout the state that all have a stake in the future autonomous and connected movement of goods and people. The challenge, says Jerry Quant, executive director of the Illinois Autonomous Vehicles Association, is that there lacked an organization in the state that could bring players together to help develop and drive a strategy that elevated Illinois' role in mobility and transportation. Quant and his team have been hard at work for nearly five years creating those connections across the public sector and huge companies that dot Illinois. Companies like State Farm, Deer, Caterpillar, Rivian, Boeing, a host of financial services companies that call Illinois home, and even Archer Daniels Midland, the agriculture company better known as ADM. Quant and his team have used similar activities underway in states like Michigan and Ohio to benchmark and inform Illinois' approach to mobility. But he also says one important difference is that part of the state's strategy taps into agriculture, an economic powerhouse in Illinois. He says farmers are particularly interested in autonomous and connected technology because of the efficiency the technology brings to their operations and also because they are among a group that cares deeply about the land and the environment. That support from farmers also creates stickiness with public officials and state legislators, many of whom have constituents that are farmers. How goes the mission of the Illinois Autonomous Vehicles Association? What's the plan to bring more mobility-related investment to Illinois? And how does the strategy serve everyone in a state that, in the north, is home to the third largest city in America and also is made up of thousands of smaller towns and villages? We've reached Jerry Quant, executive director of the Illinois Autonomous Vehicles Association, in his office at the Bosch Chicago Connectory. Jerry, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you, sir? Very, very well. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, I appreciate you joining. When we think about states and leading the efforts in autonomy and connected, frankly, Illinois doesn't doesn't rise to the top of those lists that most people think about. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear what Illinois is doing in these areas. Why don't we start with telling our listeners a little bit about the Illinois Autonomous Vehicle Association? How long has it been around? What's its mission? We've been around for about four years now. Uh, it was originally formed out of uh, a couple of meetings that a task force under the previous administration um, had run, in looking at what they do with autonomous vehicles. And then many of your listeners can imagine, four years ago, um, you know, it was the hype was was autonomous vehicles. I think between now and then, what we've seen is the expansion of this into connected mobility, into automation of mobility, into uh, electrification, and obviously the shared world. Um, So people call it ACEs, some people call it CASE. 
when you look across Illinois and you look at the companies that sit within Illinois that operate in this space, it's very um, disparate. Uh, and there's a lot of different things that are happening, um, but not necessarily uh, coordinated. And it's not as easy to understand how they would be coordinated unless you put this sort of case lens on it. Uh, so you're exactly right. It started out as just a, the association started out as just a uh, group of interested companies that are operating in this space, recognizing and realizing that they're all going to need to interoperate with one another down the road. And why not get that ball rolling now? Um, and then we had a new administration come into the state of Illinois, and that provided a new set of challenges for us in terms of alignment and focus. Um, but I think we're at the point now where uh, the Illinois Autonomous Vehicles Association, which is going to be going through a, uh, a branding change in this upcoming year uh, to a name called Mobility Illinois, is really set to, to finally deliver on the objective we have, which is elevate and accelerate the case activities and, and uh, case strategies for the state. And, and I think we're in a place to do it. Um, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, when you look at the companies that sit in our state, I mean, we have an amazing array of companies, State Farm, Allstate, from an insurance standpoint. We have obviously have Rivian and Lion now doing electric, uh, electric vehicle production here. We've got the likes of Boeing who have been doing secured communications for the military and, and obviously for airline travel for a long time. We're the hub of freight for the United States. And with that comes seven or eight amazing logistics companies, especially ones that are on the cutting edge of logistics management. Um, so for us, it's it's not as clean cut as a Michigan. It's not as clean cut as a, as a Pennsylvania. It's not as clean cut as a Florida, um, because we have all of these sort of disparate assets that need to be cobbled together a little bit um, and given a strategy for how we build this as almost an industry within the state. And that's really one of the core missions of the Illinois Autonomous uh, Vehicles Association, soon to be Mobility Illinois. It's really being that aggregator, bringing these different groups together to to, to talk about this issue and to work together to make this a, a very economically impactful business in the state of Illinois. I want to ask you two questions um, as a follow-up to what uh, you just you just described. How's the report card, right? How are you making progress against that mission being around for the last four years? And how does having the presence of the Caterpillars and the Deers and the State Farms and the Boeings and all of the financial services companies that are that are based in the Chicago area, how does all of that help? Uh, how important is that? And how 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 important is that? And how does that help drive this mission? So let me go with your first question, our report card. Um, I, I think we were on our way in, in such a positive way. In the first two years of, of us being in existence, we had identified the challenge. We had started identifying and, and bringing together folks. Uh, State Farm hosted a uh, gathering of over 200 executives and stakeholders uh, in January of uh, 2000, uh, sorry, to January of 2020. And as we all know, March of 2020 introduced, uh, COVID, which set us back significantly, but coming off the back of that, we now have a, a research, uh, program 
with the University of Illinois and University of Northwestern, who are helping finish that work that was put on hold mainly because of, of COVID and, and all of the distractions that uh, COVID provided stakeholders. So I would say on the whole, we're probably at a C right now, um, but we're moving back to it. We were at a B or a B plus. We were on the right path. COVID hit, put us some stopping uh, tracks. We're, we're back at a C in, in terms of what we've delivered today, but I think what we're delivering uh, by the end of this year and into next year for the state uh, will bring us back to uh, uh, a B plus level. And I use that grading scale when I look at the likes of, of uh, states like Michigan, who went from the development of Planet M to then an actual office of new mobility. I look at Ohio, who has mm -hmm. organized themselves around Drive Ohio. Um, those to me are some of the gold standard states who have looked at mobility and the ability of future mobility to 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 be a, a, a key driver and an undercurrent for not only their own economies and enabling their own economies, but also being a, a industry unto itself in terms of all of this transformation and development. So uh, I'd say we're, the, we're moving in the right direction, uh, but we've got, uh, no pun intended, a long road ahead. Absolutely. And it's understandable, the the pause, if you will, because of uh, COVID, I think every every company, every employer had faced this unprecedented challenge. Um, so let's talk about the, the very rich fabric of companies that have operations that are headquartered here in Illinois, from Southern Illinois up to Chicago. The landscape is is just very rich with companies that are in the business of moving things and people. Again, Cat, Deer, State Farm. Boeing, you've got Titan in Quincy, Illinois, that builds tires. It seems to me that all the players who are here in the state, what is the influence they have? How important is that presence to achieving the goals that you and your organization are are focused on? You know, it's funny. I, in the first uh, sort of go round with this, uh, in the first year or so, I think there was a lot of uh, excitement around the idea that um, private entities were willing and ready and able to do things. But what we all know in this business is when you want to go then deploy something or get something going in market that's new or innovative, you need a public partner to be a part of that. And I think the public sector it was struggling. What we found was the public sector was saying, what should we do? The private sector was saying, let us do this. And then the public sector was coming back and saying, well, we haven't tested or tried it. And uh, well, we're not sure if we're going to do it. And so a, a, a private sector organization go, fine, we're going to go find somebody that, that's going to do it. And you start to see the blossoming of places around the country where that openness and willingness on behalf of municipalities or, or states um, has really fostered that. And I think that's one thing in Illinois that we're still struggling with is seeing this as a cohesive economic development area for the state uh, and putting energy effort and focus on it from a state level and from a municipal level. Um, and so that to me is the struggle. Now, the other unique aspect of Illinois is we, as you just so aptly said, the diversity of companies that we have here covers a gamut. So it becomes a question of 
Where should we get started? Um, and what should we do? And I think the piece of advice I'd give other states and folks from other states who might be thinking along the same lines as, as we've gone down is, I think you have to start with what your assets are and then divide those out. And so here in Illinois, we really looked at uh, breaking it out into the movement of goods, the movement of people, and the movement of ag agriculture. And the the interesting dynamic was people were saying, well, the movement of goods and the movement of agriculture are similar, aren't they? I said, yes, but when you actually map it out, uh, it's not because there's a lot of movement on a farm that doesn't relate to anything in terms of movement of goods from one place to another. Um, sure, once the crops have been harvested, then you're moving those harvested crops, and that's more like moving goods. And so for us, it's like when you start to break it out that way, it becomes a little bit easier to understand uh, mm -hmm. and, a and a little bit easier to segment what types of activities you should be working on. And then you really have to go to that second level of like, okay, now that we've got that, what types of companies do we have? Do we have navigation companies? Are our roads mapped? And most importantly, do we have fiber along our roadways? Because what anyone in this business will tell you is when you want to go to smart infrastructure, yes, you can drive an automated vehicle down the road without fiber along the way. But when you really want a infrastructure of the future with a uh, and a mobility system of the future, a system of systems, you really need to have fiber along your roadways because you need that that ability for connectivity, not just at at a 5G or an LTE, you're going to need it at a DSRC, you're going to need it in small cell, you're going to need it in, in edge computing. So you're going to need all these things uh, in, in that ideal scenario. And so for us, it's looking at what assets you have, first and foremost, um, and, and starting with those assets, whether they be public, private, or, or, uh, or academic even, you know, an integration of your academic environment, and not just at the collegiate level, at the job training level, because there's so many job retrainings that are going to occur as well. And so that's what we've done here in Illinois. We've segmented out where our hot spots are. Where are there areas across the state where we already have political will? We already have a, con a consortium of companies that are interested in working on a particular topic. And where do we have a resource that's leading the way somewhere in something? And then really the idea is how do you use those as incubators for the rest of the state and the rest of the areas of the state? But not just limiting it to the state, because at the end of the day, every one of the companies that's in the state of Illinois wants to be doing work all across the country. Some of them want to be doing the work all across the world. So for us, it's how do you create those environments for them to innovate and then scale quickly? What I think is absolutely interesting with what you just described is the notion of agriculture. Right. Most of Illinois is covered in farm fields. And this notion of tapping into these new technologies to help not only the business of agriculture, but those fields are sort of kind of test beds themselves, right? It's pretty safe to run these machines on fields and collect data and test and analyze and get better. It's very interesting to me the notion of agriculture and supporting one of the biggest industries in the state of Illinois, but also doubling the value that comes from that by creating these test beds, collecting data, these use cases, et cetera, et cetera. Have you seen examples like that in, in other states maybe you've benchmarked? Um, great question. Um, I I have not, uh, and, and I'll, I will 
I will say I'm not as close to what's happening nationally in that space. Uh, I, I am pretty well aware of the things that Caterpillar is doing from a uh, mining basis and now from a construction basis, which is where their automation direction is headed. Um, you know, from a mining standpoint, Caterpillar started with in 1980 with vehicles that drove themselves, those big mm-hmm. monster dump trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, which I love to, to, to uh, explain is those were the first commercially sold automated vehicles and they've now moved to entire tracking system within a mine of anything that moves right and so they saw the need that they they saw a need of starting with the vehicle itself and automating it but then realizing that we need to automate everything that moves otherwise it doesn't make sense and i think the important lesson there and i'm going to come back to to agriculture in a second is remember the reason we automate mobility is for two reasons and two reasons alone one increase safety and the second is to increase efficiencies. And so why am I putting an automated vehicle out on the farm? Um, because I, and, and John Deere has done a lot of this work in Iowa and their test, test markets in Iowa. And I think they've done a couple of things in Kansas uh, and they have two test farms in Illinois that they work with um, looking at efficiencies of, of, uh, of, managing the field. And that is not just about a, a, a tractor that goes out and drives around the field and, and plants and harvests crops. It's also uh, ground sensors that are in the water and it's aerial drones that are automated that are assessing specific parts of the field so that when you then go to fertilize, you're actually fertilizing. And this goes back to the efficiency piece. You not only have a tractor that's out there fertilizing, they're fertilizing at the right time. And it's custom fertilization based on the needs of that specific section of the field. And when I say section, they can get it down now to the row and frankly, to the plant itself, which to me is that that's where we start to get into the world of, of better yields. And for me, it's about, I really am excited about all this technology in uh, empowering the individual farmer, because I think, and we have ADM here, we have Monsanto here in, mm-hmm. in Illinois. I mean, the the imbalance of the family farmer uh, and it, their ability to be uh, competitive is drained by the fact that they're spending so much time doing all these other things that really, if we can give them the tools to help this next generation of farmers stay on the farm first, first and foremost, because it's more technologically savvy. Second, it's, it's more efficient and you, the farmer has the ability and the time and energy to focus on the things that are really important, which really in my mind with the American farmer and frankly, the Illinois farmer is about care of the land you know, not just care of the crops and product yield of the crops, but they really have a care for the land. And that to me is so critical in this. It's something that we don't always think about when we think of, of, of all of this technology coming onto a farm and making it so technologically advanced. To me, the technology is making it more efficient for the farmer to do what they need to do um, and the things they really like to do, which is care for the land. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. 
eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. You're absolutely right. I mean, we talk about electrification. We talk about connected. We talk about autonomous in this sense, in the lens of you know, reduction in carbon and less emissions and impact on the environment. To your point, doing this kind of stuff on farm fields serves that same mission as well. 100%. Curious. We've talked about a little bit, mentioned about Michigan and Ohio. It seems you're getting the engagement from the public and private sector to your point, a long way, a long road ahead is it harder to do what you're doing in Illinois versus a Michigan, you know, Motor City where automotive is just top of mind for everybody? You know, a lot of families have been employed for decades by the automotive industry. Is it harder to do what you're trying to do in a state where automotive manufacturing perhaps is not uh, is is in the mix of other big giant industries? Yeah, it's a, a really interesting dilemma when we first got into this and started looking at the economic impact of this. Um, it was putting the right lens to it for the state of Illinois was important. Um, so in Illinois, we're very unique, unlike a lot of states which have two, maybe three, maybe four key industries that drive GDP. We have 11, none of which make up more than 8% or 7% of our GDP. Um, and so for us in Illinois, it becomes, uh, it's not as clean of a conversation when you're talking about prioritizing certain things, but here's where I go back and here's where we went back in Illinois and looked at it. And we said, when you look at the, let's say the top eight or 10 industries that you're trying to service, and you look at the economic goals that the governor had laid out in his five-year economic plan. The one thing you can say is there are three things that underscore the success of all of those industries and and provide an underpinning to the success of those. The first of which is energy management, right? Energy management is going to be huge, especially uh, in, in this industry, yes, but even in in industries all the way around, because as we're moving to, and we can see that clean energy and, and moving to clean energy is going to be much more important, not just in automotive and, and in mobility, but in everyday life, uh, management of, of energy is going to be a, a key underlying factor for the state to support industry. 
The second is broadband. Everything's going technical. Every We want to get broadband in every community for the, the acceleration of all those businesses within those communities. And in those areas where we're not, which need economic development, we need to get broadband capabilities to them because connectivity is, as some call it, you know, the, the new oil. The last I, I'm going to offer up a new suggestion that I haven't heard in a lot of places is mobility. And and the reason I say that is mobility is kind of like the circulatory system, right? If energy is your oxygen, right, mm-hmm. and you've, you've got broadband is your skeleton that you're going to build an infrastructure off of and towards, mobility is your circulatory system. It's the thing that brings life to each of the organs, and that life could be goods, that life could be people, right? So to, to me, that focusing on those three things as, as, as uh, a public sector enables all of your private sector goals and initiatives and your economic initiatives. And so for me, that's the argument and the, the conversation that we're having here uh, is that's the way we've codified it because it is very difficult to, to try to say, hey, you – in, a, in an industry that's consistently looked at as transportation and uh, logistics, and so it's the shipping of goods, reframing that conversation for public officials is challenging because it becomes so universal. And the concept is so universal of mobility, right? Mm-hmm. It's like something we don't even think about. It's just there, right? There's specific things within it beca- that become tangible, but not necessarily um the concept as a whole. And so for us, that's what we've tried to do is frame that out to say, you know, if you look at where you have organs that aren't healthy or neighborhoods that aren't healthy or areas of the state that are unhealthy from an economic standpoint, you can tie any one of those three to it, not having connectivity and broadband, not having good access to energy and third, not having good mobility solutions. And so for us, that's the key. Well, yeah, and to your to what you're describing, right? The social equity by providing that transportation lifts the citizens of Illinois in this case, but any community, any state, the benefit of that transportation to allow them to go to daycare, to allow them to have jobs. Um, if I'm a public sector official and I'm in this spot because I was voted in by some set of constituents, how better to help my constituents through mobility? I have to believe resonates very well with them. Yes. And, and, and that's the thing we've, when we started to look into the hotspots across the state, those politicians that got that have started doing initiatives and facilitating initiatives around that. And in doing so, they've started that process already. Um, And then there's other states who, or other areas of the state who are still going, wait, what should we do? And someone tell us what to do. And we're not entirely sure what to do. Uh, And then they end up, it ends up just going into circular conversations. So again, our goal is, hey, here's where you can go in the state to find out if you're trying to do this, Here's where you can go in the state. And if we're not doing it in the state, here's where you can go in the country to find the right people that are doing it. Oh, and if we're not doing it here in the country, here's where they're doing it in Germany, where we think it's in the same as where you are. Here's where they're doing it in Japan, where they have a similar challenge to you and we'll, we'll connect you up with them. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, that's an interesting uh, reality. Keeping in mind that uh, you know, the U.S. is different from 
the likes of of a China or even a Japan in this space. I mean, China is doing this, doing all of the innovation around this for productivity goals, right? It's the only way most governors in the provinces of China are going to be able to hit their productivity goals in the future is automation of mobility, right? And so it's a top-down edict. And when you do things there, you have to do them uh, and you're, you're kind of forced to do them within a singular system. We still have a competitive nature here. And so that's good in the sense of it creates more solutions and different, but it also doesn't get to solutions that are scalable fast as fast. Let's close with, if you're an executive listening to our conversation and you're working in connected, you're working on autonomous and mobility and thinking of a state to invest in, to be part of that effort. Why Illinois? I think our strength and our weakness are very similar in the sense of we're, we're disparate. We have so many different opportunities that you can tackle. Uh, and there's so many places that just in the last six months have become more and more in tune with, uh, deployment opportunities. Uh, and then second of all, if you come to Illinois, I mean, keep in mind, we're one of the top producing engineering uh, states of engineering graduates of any state in the country. Uh, I think it's somewhere in the area of 40,000 engineering graduates every year uh, and top, top performing engineers, most of whom have to leave the state because there's not enough work going on here for them. And so for us, You've got a, a, a group of folks that are ready, willing, and able uh, to, to not only deploy activities in, in the sense of the areas that we have, but also uh, a ready, available uh, group of graduates and, and kids that can come in and, and fill the roles that you need to fill. And most importantly, when you talk about scalability, as you well know, it's going to take a, a, a diverse group of, of participants. And that's the other thing that we have is that disparateness of, of participants in this space and the opportunity to cross-learn, uh, I think, is going to be a, a critical value point for Illinois. Um, and what I mean by that is, is, is moving farm equipment and being precise around moving farming equipment is very similar even though it's an open field, is very similar to moving things around a garage uh, and and parking vehicles because of the the hyper uh, preciseness you need in a small cell environment, especially in places where you don't necessarily have traditional uh, capabilities to do that. So, and, and I'm using that as kind of an obtruse example, but that diversity of of opportunity that we have, I think, is. Uh, is what makes Illinois very rich. And then most importantly, we have all this, we have the seasons and we have everything from agriculture and farmland to suburbia to one of the largest metropolitan environments uh, to test and pilot things in as well. Um, so for, for us, it's that diversity of, of capabilities. We're not Arizona. We're not sunny three hundred and. 12 days a year. We don't have newly paved roads. We don't have, um, we have complexities that are going to be real world complexities that you're going to face. Um, and so for us, that's, that's, if you want to test 
how it, how the rubber really meets the road, this is where you come. Jerry, thanks so much for joining me today on the show, sharing what is going on in Illinois relative to the future of mobility and sharing how the Illinois Autonomous Vehicles Association is helping that. Terrific story. Congratulations to you and your team. Looking forward to watching the journey uh, over the weeks and years ahead. Thanks, Steve. That's Daily Drive for Thursday, July 29th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. Make it an amazing day.